This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a Football Friday on B. Mitch and Finley, presented by Alarm.com, keeping you connected to what matters most. Steve Zabin, Nick Ashew, in for B. Mitch and Finley. We'll get to Ron Rivera and his comments on a few minutes. Still a lot of games, though. That matter, you know, in the NFL. We've spent so much time over the last few days talking about Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> you forget there's, you know, actual football games that mean more than the mediocre Browns or, well, I guess Aaron Rodgers' situation does matter. The Bills and Jaguars. Now, Buffalo is a 14 and a half point favorite in this one, Zabe, in Jacksonville because, well, the Jags are the Jags and the Bills have Super Bowl aspirations. So it's two different things there, including the MVP frontrunner now in, in Josh Allen. Look, I, the whole Urban Meyer thing is a disaster. I know it's been quiet on that front now because he knows, hey, stay out of the news because I've already been embarrassed multiple times this year. The Bills are going to just absolutely demolish the Jaguars in that one. Uh, they've been good against the number this year, Buffalo has. It's a big number, though. But every time I think it's safe to go back in the Jaguars' waters, uh, betting-wise, they just remind me they are completely terrible. So, yeah, 14.5 is the number. I would lay the points on that. Um, why why is it not working at least to some degree in Jacksonville? Did anyone really say when they hired Urban Meyer and they drafted Sunshine Lawrence, did anyone come out and go, oh, this is going to be terrible? Like, this is not going to work at all. I don't think anyone said that. It was a defensible decision to go this route, although some would say that Urban Meyer is not a pro coach. Well, we're finding that out. But, I mean, shouldn't Sunshine Lawrence be better, even with a bad team, than, say, Mac Jones? You would think, right? You would Not hope, happening. but look, I, this, at yeah. the same time, though, I'll say this. Urban Meyer, I, I kind of looked at that and said, this just feels like a convenience job for him where it's like, everybody said I haven't well, Everything had a is convenience to... for this Yeah, guy. but it, it's the, he's somebody that you never <laughs> feel Marriage like... is convenience well... <laughs> for him. Look at him on the bar stool. <laughs> so, it's, hey, they have the number one overall pick. They have Trevor Lawrence. Everybody says I haven't coached in the NFL, and they don't think I could do it. Let me go try. And then he got in, though, and was like, oh, this is a lot worse than wow. what I thought and a lot harder, so... I, look, I, I think he's gone after the year, but it's he's been very quiet and smart to stay out of the news and stay out of bars after his team loses. Speaking of Mac Jones, guess who is supposedly the highest-rated pro football-focused quarterback in the league 
since week five. Mac it, Jones. Really? Not sure I believe that. Yeah, pro football focus, whatever formula they use, that's what they say. He's been really good as a rookie who kind of had low expectations. Uh, four and four New England at four and four Carolina. This should have been the Cam Newton return and revenge game, but he got cut in the preseason, so it's not going to be Patriots minus three and a half against P.J. Walker. You're starting for the Card uh, Panthers because Sam Darnold is in concussion protocol. I I was really hoping that the Sam Darnold, I, I guess, uh, comeback train, the uh, redemption tour, was going to work. Early on, it looked like it. You're watching him run for touchdowns. People are like, hey, he's like Cam Newton, except not. But he's still running the ball in the end zone. And this is, wow, mm-hmm. look at the Jets. They screwed up. And then all of a sudden, Sam Darnold has completely fallen apart now. So this this seems to me like a very comfortable win for the Patriots here. Uh, but I just, I'll say it with my heart, I was very upset. I was hoping that Sam Darnold would look better continuously throughout the season than he has. He, he did for two and a half games. Yeah. The Chargers are at the Eagles up the road in Philly. Four and three Los Angeles, three and five Philadelphia. Chargers minus one and a half. Nick Sirianni has still not won at home yet. And they don't know what they have with Jalen Hurts. He's uh, currently at 61% completions. Okay, but low for a starter. Ten touchdowns over four picks. Not bad. Five rushing touchdowns. That's the mobility bonus he gives them. But I don't sense from talking to people up there that they feel like Okay, we got our guy. He's one of those quarterbacks where you see the flashes. You see moments, and you see these big throws and go, oh, that's what they were expecting. And then the next play, he throws a horrific interception, or just at least bare minimum something that's wildly inaccurate, and you you see the imbalance with him. Some of that is maybe just learning and getting better, but does Jalen Hurts have the time to be able to get better and develop over the next two years? Hell, does Nick Sirianni even stick around? The guy's sitting there talking about plants and roots and going on these weird Michael Scott rambling conversations where you just sit there and scratch your head going, is this guy a head coach in the NFL? Or what? what is he doing? And you know this in Philadelphia, they're not going to give you much time. They're going to turn on you very quickly. Two four o'clock games, two four twenty-five games, pretty good ones, starting in uh, Arizona, or San Francisco. The Arizona Cardinals at the Niners, 7-1 Arizona, 3-4 and four San Fran. All eyes on Kyler Murray's ankle. Colt McCoy would get the start if Murray can't go. And Jimmy Garoppolo plays this time when they meet Arizona because last time it was Trey Lance, who wasn't really ready to start and struggle at time times. The Cardinals are actually one-point favorites. Everything in my body says load up on San Francisco. And then I remember... Betting on the NFL is not this easy, so maybe you should pump your brakes. (laughs) Honestly, I wouldn't even touch that game. There's far too many question marks just at quarterback alone. And if you got question marks at the quarterback position in a game, it's just better to stay away from it. I know this. uh, The only person who would be happy to see uh, Colt McCoy out there starting would be our good friend Tom Lovero. After that, I don't think there's anybody that's watching that game to watch Colt McCoy. I love him. I swear to God. Cole I love Ma- him, baby. Cole McCoy is Lovey's son. Uh, <laughs> and then you got the Chiefs and the Packers uh, from Giha Field at Arrowhead Stadium. That's technically the name of the place now. Uh, the Chiefs have added Melvin Ingram the third at pass rush. Something's got to help the defense. It's god-awful. They're also minus 11 in turnover margin. Devontae Adams is expected to play, but he's not technically cleared to play coming off of COVID. He stretched yesterday, and that was about it. Uh, this is a wild game. I wouldn't touch it betting-wise. Chiefs are minus 7.5. You literally don't know what you're going to get, but hey, 
Should be fun to watch. The minute the Aaron Rodgers news came out, that went from a pick'em to Kansas City minus seven and a half. So that shows yeah. how much, obviously, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers means for the Packers. But because you have Jordan Love starting and we get an opportunity to see what he looks like as a starting quarterback with Green Bay, I'm going to be glued to that game. I wouldn't touch it. But I'm going to watch yeah. it, that's for sure. Because it also is an opportunity there for Kansas City to kind of have a get-right game. Because if they fall back under 500 again, I mean, the odds are less and less in their favor at this point in making the playoffs. You don't want to count out Patrick Mahomes because of what he's achieved so much in his career already. But if we're being honest, he definitely does not look not only like the not the same quarterback that he was before, but he's a little reckless and it's starting to catch up to him too. Yeah, And then Sunday night at SoFi, it's the Titans and the Rams, 6-2 and two Tennessee, with Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Amazing. And the Rams at 7-1 have added uh, Von Miller, so they're loaded up. I mean, the number is Rams minus 7.5, which is pretty meaty. I'm tempted to take yeah. a Titans team, even without Derrick Henry, who is kind of their identity in a one-game situation to keep this close, maybe pull off an upset. If there's anybody that can run for 100 yards having not played in forever, it's Adrian Peterson. Like it's This Adrian just feels Peterson, like one of those exactly. games where that offense is going to be conducive to his talent and he's still going to make it work for like a couple of games and then all of a sudden you're going to go, oh yeah, he's pretty old now. At some point it catches up to you. Yeah. When did he last play? Did he play last year Detroit. Or it was ago? with Detroit. Was it last year though? or was, I think it was Detroit last year, right? It, it was. You're right. 2020 with Detroit, played 16 games, got 10 starts, got 156 carries. Did he get that much? I guess it was in Detroit, so no yes. one paid attention. Wow. In his age 35 season, which is really his age, you know, that compares to normal football players as your age 62 season for running backs. I mean, <laughs> running backs at 35 generally don't do much, and he had seven touchdowns last year. For Detroit, he's fresh, he's rested, he's ready to go. And there was a picture this week of both Adrian Peterson and Julio Jones in Titans uniforms stretching. And it's like, wow, we're really playing fantasy football with guys who've seen better days. It is. Let me tell you something. I, I was shocked that he even produced the way that he did in Washington. So, if there, again, that is the one person that I would look at and say, I could see Adrian Peterson running for 100 yards in this game just because he's AP. Yeah. And then Monday night game is three and five Chicago at four and three. Pittsburgh Steelers are minus six and a half. Uh, the Bears are allowing a league worst 30 sacks so far this year. They've allowed four each in the last three games. Part of that is bad offensive line play. The other part is Justin Fields being raw as a rookie. And these rookies try to run out of everything like they used to do in college. And they realize these guys in the pros are a lot faster. Here's an interesting streak for you, Nick. The Steelers have won 19 straight at home on Monday night. Compare that to Washington, who has been dog bleep at home on Monday night. The Steelers have a 19-game heater at home on Mondays. They are well-coached, and they always are prepared for the big, bright lights. And listen, it, the team was struggling at the beginning of the year, and Ben Roethlisberger looked like the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. But they've started to at least find a rhythm. And once again, it's Mike Tomlin getting that team ready and keeping them at least afloat in some of their worst seasons. So what I do want is somebody after the game again to ask him about the USC job and see if he's changed his mind at all. Let's just see what his reaction is again. Like, hey, have you changed your mind at all about that USC job, Mike? Would you have a, you right. know, a different opinion on this? I, look, Tomlin is a great coach. 
and uh, he he's getting the most out of this team that he possibly can. But this has to be Ben Roethlisberger's last season. I, I don't think there's there's any way that this guy comes back next year. Which then, of course, fuels those rumors. Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers. There's it, it would make a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Yeah, we have breaking Aaron Rodgers news. Oh, we do right now. Uh, yes, he has gone on the Pat McAfee show minutes oh. ago to tell his side of things. He said he didn't lie at his August presser regarding vaccines and says there is a witch hunt going on. Oh, boy. And says he had an allergy to the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Going on to say my decision to immunize myself is what's best for my body. Those are just the comments being reported by Albert Breer as of just a minute ago. I want to hear the full statements. I want to hear the full context of it, but interesting if you were expecting or hoping for a yeah i'm sorry i probably shouldn't have been that sneaky doesn't look like you're going to get it from old number 12 why would anybody expect that though this is who aaron Rodgers. no but yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna say if you were expecting it you're an idiot <laughs> you're you crazy following this guy aaron right. Rodgers is gonna dig <laughs> his heels in more and make sure you know that he's right and this is exactly what it was look i don't know maybe he does have an allergy to it i have no idea but this has been just Look, I understand, like, this is where we are, right? Like, this is where sports still is. The conversation about vaccines and COVID, it's still going to be a part of this for a while. But this has become more complicated than anybody else's situation simply because of what he said. And you know this because you cover the guy all the time now. Uh, Everything Aaron Rodgers says is calculated, it's precise, and it's meant to make you think something very specific or at least hinted something and that's exactly what it was where he used the, he never said vaccinated. And that became the thing is we're parsing yeah. through his words. And in reality, there's a reason why he said it exactly the way that he said it. So there's some more reporting going on right now uh, from those who cover the Packers. Rogers said in the interview, he's quote, in the crosshairs of the woke mob, unquote, references cancel culture, insisted he did not lie in the initial press conference, says there's a witch hunt going on, says he's a critical thinker and doesn't believe in giving in to woke culture, said he had an allergy to an ingredient in the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines so that J&J was the only option. Then he mentioned that there was J&J blood clotting issues, so decided against that. He said he appealed to the decision, his decision to the NFL and NFLPA, and they rejected his unvaccinated status. He said he gathered over 500 pages of research on the efficacy of vaccines, and he said at the end, quote, my desire to immunize myself is what I thought was best for my body. And there you go. And he's right to say that. And, you know, but at the same time, it's become something that's so much worse because of the way that he addressed it at the beginning. Like, he probably thought that this was just going to be a conversation that was going to go away. You know, it's an interesting play because guys like Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz basically said, it's a personal decision. I don't want to get into it. And they just kept saying yep. repeatedly, they stonewalled reporters who kept knocking on their door with those questions. And then eventually the press gets tired of it and they get exhausted. They move on. Rogers got sneaky, did tell a bit of a fib. And now that he's been caught is actually going in harder yep. on all these other issues that are going to, for sure, Nick, get some people completely triggered. 
Oh, but I'm not triggered. I think like, it's funny. He, yeah, so, but he's he's, yeah. he's sticking his hand into the beehive right now by what he's doing. Oh he, God, yeah, he understands. He's it. like, I want all the smoke. <laughs> Give me all the smoke, more. <laughs> hey, as long as he doesn't jump into a pond and then get eaten by piranhas, avoiding the bees from this beehive. So right, you don't want that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I listen. This is that that is must listen every week. Pat McAfee's show is great, and the fact that he has Aaron Rodgers because they're friends. Uh, you get very honest, Aaron Rodgers. I, I was looking forward to this. I'm glad we got exactly that, and there'll be more probably next week as well. But this is the story that is Aaron Rodgers now, and whether or not he's – I guess he should be good to go the next game, but it's going to be like the day before, and he's got to be able to clear the protocols. So this is the NFL we have to deal with. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to NBC Sports Washington's Chase Hughes on the hot start for the Wizards, but maybe they're starting to level out just a little bit. Nick Ashew, Steve Zabin, in for Beamish and Finley on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Nick Ashew and Steve Saban in for Beamish and Finley. The Wizards have now lost two straight since they started off 5-1. and 5-1 and one felt like it was a little bit of a faster start than people expected. Though I've maintained, Zabe, that I think this team is better than where they were last year. Uh, but the East is better, too, which hasn't really made it any they easier are, for them. Yeah, they're a way funner team so Yes, they far. are. If funner is actually a word. It can be I'm go if you it want it to. On a Friday, it's a word. I, I like it funner. Funner. Um, Westbrook, when Westbrook was acquired, I said, why not? <laughs> yeah. Almost a, yeah, okay, why not? And I love Westbrook for the way he carries himself. 
which he doesn't get caught up in the usual, now typical high school drama of the NBA. He just loves to play basketball. He loves to shoot. Mm-hmm. He loves to take terrible shots. Lots oh, yes. of them. But he is, I mean, he's a hell of an athlete, a hell of a player, explosive player, fun to watch. I don't know if you really can win with him per se, not as a standalone guy, but he was not a good fit with Bradley nope. Beal on this team. And so they're better off with the assets they got in addition to being better off without him. I don't want to be too harsh. I'm not anti-Westbrook per se, but they're a fun team right now to watch. They I are. Like this uh, I am anti-Westbrook's game 100%. His game you seems are. like a great guy, but I'm anti-Westbrook, his game 100%. Chase Hughes knows this. We'll bring in our buddy Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. Uh, two straight losses after a 5-1 and one start. Uh, look, we know this, right? Like It's a long season. You're going to have these ebbs and flows during an NBA season, Chase, but... Over the last two games, what have been the biggest concerns that you have had with the Wizards in their losses to the Hawks and the Raptors? Well, first of all, I think they played two really good teams. Uh, Atlanta was in the conference finals uh, just a couple months ago, and Toronto is clearly a lot better than the team that we saw on opening night uh, that hadn't played in about a week uh, since their preseason ended. So the Wizards played two good teams. I think their three-point defense all of a sudden, started to get a little bit leaky. You know, going into that Hawks game, I think they were second in all uh, three-point defensive categories, uh, threes allowed, three uh, three-pointer um, uh, attempts allowed, and percentage. Um, so that's been a huge improvement for them this season. And all of a sudden, you know, Atlanta got hot from three. Guys like Danilo Gallinari and Bogdan Bogdanovic uh, were just unstoppable. And then Toronto, uh, you know, they shot about 40% from three. There wasn't really a statistical category in the box score that you would say, oh, well, that's why they won. But Wes Unsell Jr. afterwards said that he thought the Wizards did not match their effort, that they got punched first and didn't punch back. So it was more of kind of an intangible thing in his eyes. But I would just say they played two really good teams, and as you guys mentioned, the East is better, and, and we got a good reminder of that. You know, they've dealt with some injuries, Chase. We know that. There's going to be guys coming back to the lineup at some point, including Rui Hachimura. What does that mean for this rotation? Because that was one of my big... I know it's kind of a good problem to have, but, you know, we're seeing Kuzma. I guess that injury he has right now is not very serious. But the reality of it is having depth when guys are hurt is a great thing. But as you start getting guys back and you hope that everybody stays healthy, you got to figure out kind of what that rotation's going to be. Do you think that that's going to almost be a majority of the season type situation for Wes Unsell where he's really trying to figure out where everybody fits? Or do you think that there is more of an idea now of what that pecking order will look like? Well, I think so far we're seeing how those types of problems can sort of work themselves out. You know, there was a lot of talk going into the season. It's like, well, how are all their wings going to play or how are all their centers going to play? And all it takes is one or two injuries, and everything kind of falls into place. You know, uh, right now they're missing Davis Bertans. Uh, they're still missing Rui Hachibura. So guys have kind of settled into roles. Corey Kispert, their first-round pick, 15th overall pick, uh, he wouldn't be playing right now if it weren't for the Davis Bertans injury, and all of a sudden he's thrust into the rotation. So I think if they eventually, when they get fully healthy, if they do get to that point, um, then, yes, it'll, it'll be a question. And I think it'll be a matter of just kind of who's playing well and who's playing defense. I think Wes Unsell Jr. will play whichever guy gives him the best chance on that end of the floor because that's where he really hangs his hat. Um, but so far, it, it's kind of been worked out just by injuries. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe come playoff time, there'll be, end up being some guys who are used to playing big minutes in the NBA, longtime veterans that all of a sudden are outside of the rotation. Chase, good to talk again. How you been? Hey, great. Good, good to hear from you as well. All right, so is there a model that the Wizards 
and Shepard are trying to follow to build a contender, sort of a low-card, inside straight with Bradley Beal as your one high-card model? And if so, what team in more recent vintage could be held up as an example of that? Maybe the Pacers, maybe the Raptors when they had Kawhi on top of their existing good players who weren't necessarily superstars. What is it, do you think? I think as constituted, a best-case scenario would look like what Atlanta did last year, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, They have Trey Young. He's one of the best scorers in the NBA. Uh, They don't really have a second star. They've got a lot of really good veteran players, and they've got young players on the rise. Uh, Guys like DeAndre Hunter, I think Onyeka Kongwu, who's the top 10 uh, pick last year, is going to end up being really good. You know, John Collins. They've just got Kevin Herter of Maryland, of course. They've got a lot of good players, and they can run a rotation that's 10-plus players deep. I think the Wizards are kind of like that right now with Bradley Beal at the top. Now, um, Atlanta needed some things to break their way last year to get to the conference finals. Um, I think the same thing would have to, have to happen for the Wizards because I think they're really well-suited for the regular season because of their depth. But if you get into the postseason, I think the fact that they have one star and a lot of the contenders in the East have multiple superstars – um, that could shine through. Also, the Wizards are, are pretty small. I just wrote about this today. Uh, they're one of only six teams in the NBA without a player 6'11 or taller. So, you know, you're talking about the Eastern wow. Conference, like Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Joel Embiid, those guys are going to be so much bigger than anyone on their roster. Uh, that's going to be really difficult to handle. I mean, if they face Brooklyn, for instance, Kevin Durant will be bigger than anyone on their roster. That's going to be difficult to to handle. So I think in the short term, that's the, the best-case scenario, what Atlanta did last year. Um, but I think to really close the gap and become a true contender, you know, maybe it's going to take another trade. Maybe they're going to have to package some of these guys for another star. They just got to re- wait for the right one to come along. Talking right. to Chase Hughes. Uh, yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to ask him another one, Zabe? Yeah. I just Go wanted ahead. to follow up real quick uh, with uh, a Scott Brooks question. I know he's gone, but if you were to have a tombstone for Scott Brooks's tenure here in Washington, it would read, here lies the Scott Brooks era in D.C. for the Wizards, dot, dot, dot. What is the tombstone sort of shorthand epitaph for what happened? I would say injuries and bad contracts uh, overall. Not saying that he did a great job and, and nothing was his fault, but uh, you know they had a fantastic season his first year, and then John Wall's body started breaking down, and he was never the same player again. He was an all-NBA player. They gave him a Supermax contract. 35% of the salary cap, and once he was playing, you know, at best half a season and then missing full seasons entirely, that was tough to overcome. And then they made some disastrous decisions uh, with contracts. You know, re-signing Otto Porter to a max deal was a, a massive blunder. They should have kept Boyan Bogdanovich. He made 40% of Otto's salary and ended up becoming a significantly better player. Jan Mahimi, uh, obviously, we all know what happened there. And they just couldn't overcome all that. And that's why they ultimately were able to get rid of the Supermax that John Wall had. And now they've got a bunch of players. They've smoothed out their salary cap. And I think you're seeing the benefits of that. Oh, Jan Mahimi, Chase, the name that we would like to never think about or mention ever again. Yet we never will be able to forget, if we're being honest with ourselves. Talking to Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. So, in terms of Bradley Beal, and we know for the last couple of years specifically, he's really had to carry this team offensively. And, like, he can do it. I mean, the guys can put up 30 a night. Uh, I think he was, uh, in most books I looked at, had him as the, the odds-on favorite to lead the NBA in scoring. Uh, his numbers are certainly down. With a team that has so many other scores on this roster, 
How much of an adjustment do you think, or you've already seen, that he's going to have to make with an understanding now that, hey, I don't have to go put up 30 a night anymore because there are so many other players on this roster that can now go out and score as well? I think the two things he's trying to do are uh, be better defensively and shoot more threes and shoot threes from deeper range. And, and right now the threes aren't falling, um, but they've been creating the types of looks that uh, he made a lot more often earlier in his career. You know, when he came into the league, it was, uh, a, you know, he was among the conversation among the best shooters in the league. He was a 40% three-point shooter. Those uh, numbers have, have plummeted because he's had to have the ball in his hands and shoot off the dribble. He's a much better shooter when he comes off a screen and it's just a catch-and-shoot play. So they've tried to create more opportunities like that. They just haven't fallen. Uh, it has to be noted that they're, they're, they've introduced a new basketball. It went from Spalding to Wilson. A lot of guys are, are trying to get adjusted to that. I think yeah. that's been part of the equation for him. But defensively, he's actually played pretty well. You know, he, he's had some big stops. He had a big stop against Jason Tatum in their second win against the Celtics. And that's something that Wes Unsell Jr. highlighted coming into the season. He said, I know Bradley Beal can defend. I saw it earlier in his career. Uh, we haven't seen it recently because he had to do so much offensively. He just didn't have enough energy to, to play on both ends. But so far, if you look at some of the defensive metrics, like some of the, the advanced numbers out there, they're, they're backing up that he's been a pretty good defender. And, and Wes Unsell Jr., I think, has been pretty pleased with what he's seen so far. Yeah, earlier in his career, he was a better defender, and then there's some point where guys just sacrifice their defense if they're going out and doing all the scoring. Uh, there's also the rule changes in the NBA this year where they're not calling all these stupid fouls where guys are drawing them on the three-point line, and James Harden is like, I don't know how to play basketball anymore because I'm not going to the free-throw line 15 times a game. I love it. I think the game is better. It seems like for the most part, most people around the league have liked the flow of games as well, fewer free throws, things like that. What are your thoughts on the way that these new foul calls or non-foul calls have looked? I love it, and I think most people do. You know, the only ones who have really complained about it are like Trey Young and James Harden, the guys who um, exploited that rule the most. And I guess Steve Nash has kind of complained about it now that he coaches James Harden, when in the past he'd complained the other way about <laughs> how Trey Young played. So I, I'm in the, the, the group, which is probably like 99% of uh, the league or people who observe the league, which is, I love it. And it's interesting to see that the Wizards have adapted probably better than any other team to this because there are fewer free throws per game uh, than any other year in the NBA's 75-year history. But the Wizards average more free throws than any other team. Andres Harrell's getting the line. Spencer Denwitty's getting the line. Bradley Beal isn't getting to the line as often as he did last year, but relative to the league, he's still getting there. So the Wizards are, are getting to the line, and they're shooting a high percentage. So um, it's kind of worked in their favor so far. All right, last question. Philadelphia has a real problem with Ben Simmons, don't they? Refusing to meet with team doctors now. What is the end game here? Oh, man, it is getting messy. Uh, obviously, we just saw that he was fined. I think it was $360,000. But um, what really stood out to me was as of a week or two ago, he was getting out of being fined based on a provision in the CBA, which is essentially tied to mental health. And, you know, I, it's, it's a difficult thing to speculate on, but obviously you would hope that no one would fake anything like that, um, even if hundreds of thousands of dollars are at stake, especially with uh, how the conversation has changed about that. So it, it's, a, it's a standoff that um, I think both sides are misplaying to this point. I wish they would trade him. I think that he's a, still a really good player. He can't shoot, but I think there's a lot of teams that he would fit on. I think, uh, you know, Sacramento, I, I think they would be great to have him. I think you know, maybe the Pelicans or uh, Brooklyn, if they want to swap Kyrie Irving, you know, offense for defense, I think that would make sense. He, he's a really good player. He does everything but shoot threes. And I wish they would find him a new home and, and they would be able to get something back because uh, at this point, 
it's just a, a, a pissing contest that I don't know when it's going to end. And it seems like everybody's digging their heels in, which only makes this stuff last even longer. But it never ends well, that's for sure. Chase Hughes always ends things well, though. <laughs> Appreciate it, buddy. Good talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. All right. Uh, coming up, college athletes, once again, another example of them getting screwed. We'll wrap mm. things up. He's Steve Zabin. I'm Nick Ashew in for Beamich and Finley on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Cashew, Steve Zabin, in for Beamish and Finley. I don't know if you've looked at Twitter in the last five seconds, Zabe. I I have been seriously <laughs> bookmarking wow. all these Aaron Rodgers nuggets. He Goodness. has gone all in. I mean, He has gone all in. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to wade in on the particulars of what he has said. It's going to provide fodder for quite some time. But uh, my only thought was, and I did, did just tweet this, I said maybe Aaron realizes this can help accelerate his way out of town while at the same time not jeopardizing this so-called last dance that he is currently in because they're not going to do anything to him now. He mm-hmm. definitely has poked the bear of the NFL by basically saying, yeah, I didn't follow their stupid protocols on masking because I don't believe they're based in science. I'd imagine the league will have something to say about that. Could they suspend him? I thought the chance was very low, less than 1% prior to this. I think it's gone up significantly. The league might want to make an example of him. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he has gone all in on just about everything. He's dug his heels in. I'm kind of with you, though. Like, It's funny because I, I've watched him over the last few weeks at press conferences, and there was this nostalgia with him where he's just like, I love football and this beautiful game. And, and I don't know how you saw it, but I kind of felt like, is there a chance that maybe he's just having fun and kind of still likes it in Green Bay and maybe this will end differently than what we thought? This now just feels like another situation where so many different negatives are snowballing with him that the organization is just going to get so tired of and it's so tired of the negative PR hits that they're just going to move on even though he still is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Yeah. I mean, it'll die down to a certain degree, but they don't have to make a decision until the off season. If Love plays really well Sunday, though, that that ramps up the possibility of, hey, you know what, uh, we could get out of this business. I don't know. A lot of interesting stuff said. I like the fact that Rodgers is – he came very prepared. He has a, a lot on his plate. He has a lot to say. Uh, a lot of people disagree with it, with it vehemently. A lot of people are finally pumping their fists going, thank you, finally. I know this, Kyrie Irving – you're off the stage. Yes, he is. Because Aaron Rodgers has stepped up and said, I want all the smoke. Bring it. Go ahead. Let's debate it. He is, so, he is, be, he is become, is yeah, he's, he's a, he is embracing conflict right now. I don't think there's any question. You know how polarizing this is, and he's, he's made that the case. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this, I'm rooting for Jordan Love to have like a Mike White kind of game. Oh, that will be just, <laughs> it'll be amazing if he looks like yeah. a future superstar quarterback after all this. It's only going to heighten the conversation of Aaron Rodgers' future after the season. Yeah. Uh, all right, here's a, here's a palate cleanser for you. I don't know right. uh, where you stand on this. Uh, I, th- I thought of you when I saw it, though. Headline, life is hard for beautiful people. Oh, stop it. I'm so hot, people think I'm fake. A Slovakian model who is regularly attacked by jealous online trolls says life is harder for beautiful people. Is that true, Nick? You being a handsome young fellow like you are. Is it harder for you than other people? Just go ahead. Be honest. My life life is not hard. It's perfectly fine. I am good. I have all the same struggles that other people have had. (laughs) And first off, you're painting a different picture of me than I see, and that's fine. This is Grant Danny's bit that you're now accelerating, so that's fine. We'll just keep on doing it. Good. You know, I liked it better when you had the, the snake it's penis story. This was my bit before he was there. But it actually the way, was. This, you're right. You, yeah, this is true. You okay, did this, this, uh, this, uh, this woman, Veronica Rajek, 25, has 1.1 million followers on Instagram. I'd send you a link. I don't have a way to do that exactly. But look up Veronica Rajek, R-A-J-E-K. All right, hold on. Let me get Instagram uh, she is up a, here. She is a Slovakian research L of absolute perfection. Veronica, My how do you spell it? Veronica what? Raj? Veronica with a K. Veronica with a K. Last name Rajek. R A J E K. R A J. One point one million followers on Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look. <laughs> look at her. I mean, I know the Internet's full of beautiful people with perfect facial symmetry and dimensions and the golden triangle and big curves and wonderful this and that, but yeah, she's got it going on. She you know, said, it is- God gave me these gifts, and I want people to believe me. She said, people question the naturality, naturality of my breasts. So I went to a doctor to prove that they're real. Went to a doctor? Like Seinfeld all over again, they're real and they're spectacular. <laughs> hey, listen. If she wants to prove a point, she proved a point. There you go. By the way. I guess so. It's amazing what some people can make on Instagram. I mean. Yes. It is unreal. It the, sure the is. millions of dollars that some people can make when that becomes your full-time job. But if Instagram was to ever become unpopular like they all of these platforms do, what's next? Okay. That's a good else. question. Is will these things at some point jump the shark? I I feel like there's always going to be the next generation that's trying to utilize this in some way because now it's become TikTok. But a lot of that, a lot of the stuff that goes on on TikTok, that takes work. Like some of these TikTok stars are, I mean, there's editing, there's creativity. 
So there's a yeah. lot there's a lot there. You know, that's what everybody wants to be now. So there'll be something after TikTok. The question is is then does Instagram go away so all the people that are just taking pictures of themselves and making money off of that are you going to be able yeah. to do something else or can you just go and be like you can't just be a regular model now. It's all on Instagram or it's OnlyFans, right? So yeah. that's the world My we live in. My gut says at some point social media has to jump the shark because nothing stays preeminent in society's mind. Yeah, the metaverse. Come on. We're all just going to be in our little metaverse well, the, the, with, with Zuckerberg. <laughs> By the way, I saw his uh, his promotional video for the metaverse. It's just Mark Zuckerberg. Awful. Uh, he, awful and He awkward. is the weirdest dude ever. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand it, uh, how he is so weird, but he's obviously brilliant, and you know he's figured out a way to, oh, I don't know, connect the world and cause all kinds of societal disruption by being so connected. I personally think, Nick, we are too connected now in society. Like, I don't need to know my high school friend's opinions about current events. <laughs> or I was that... never intended to know my high school friends who I haven't seen in 30 years. Yeah, nice I... people. I'm glad they've got a good family. Why do I need to be connected to them? Why do I'm I rarely on Facebook anymore. Rarely on Facebook anymore. It just doesn't. It's so crowded with stuff yeah. that I don't care about. But I, I will say uh, this metaverse thing will probably end up being something that, and although it kind of already exists, but this is going to be something that a lot of people get into because now Nike is going to try and sell Nike apparel that's digital for your avatar in these types of oh. situations. Well, yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you sell fake things that don't exist online? Right. I'm convinced the whole NFT market. I know we got to get out here. I'm convinced it's to prep us to accept the notion <laughs> of paying real money for fake. Yes, it is. And listen, but you know what? If I had, if I could create an NFT and sell it, I would absolutely do it. All right, Zabe, this was fun, buddy. I'm really glad we got to do this today. It was fun doing a show with the snouted cobra. Uh, Nick Ashu. I never want to think about a snouted cobra ever again. Uh, I'll be back to, tomorrow morning on The Fan, actually. Grant Paulson and I have a show from 10 to noon on CBS Sports Radio that will be carried. I have my other show after that, noon to 2, that will also be now carried on 106.7 The Fan. Grant and Danny are coming up next. Enjoy your weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.